Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. So, yeah, new series. Excited, yeah? I'm excited about this new series. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about coming and seeing. And, um, you know, I, I, well, let's just, before we even begin, let's just do this. Let's just stop for a minute. Now, I know some of you have already connected during the worship, but let's just stop. I don't know about you, but I love to just kind of just stop and relax. Sometimes, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you ever have this happened. Uh, sorry to say that the pastor sometimes, your pastor sometimes gets confused, uh, gets overwhelmed, and, uh, you know, just is just in great need of God. And when I'm in that position, I usually just stop and quiet myself and I go into my heart of hearts and I let the spirit say, Abba, Father. And I like to hear that voice inside me knowing that I'm connected. So let's just spend a few minutes in just complete silence and total silence and just, just listen to the spirit of God, cry out to your spirit and let you know that you're connected. I hope you can, you can even practice that technique of just getting quiet and just letting God talk to you. My wife and I, one of the things that we love to do is just go down uh, when we have time. Just to, the, the beauty of Bali is, you know, we'll go down, uh, you know, around, say, 4.30, 5 o'clock, and we'll just go. We'll just sit on the beach and just watch the sunset. And sometimes we're talking a lot. And other times we just sit there and we don't have to say anything, you know, like she's sitting there and I'm sitting there and we're just very relaxed and we're in communion. Silence isn't anything that we are afraid of. It's not like we forcing anything because there's no need because we know that we're together. And you really, I really want to encourage you to practice that with God. Just sit and let him sit with you. He's in no hurry you know, I was thinking of this the other day. You know, God is like, in, he is in complete and total control. Like, he never got worried about dying on the cross. It wasn't like he was, like, he had, it wasn't like he was scared of the devil or anything. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he just walked in it with peace. And if you can let him speak to you, you will sense that peace in your life. You'll sense it. And you'll, you'll, you'll be able to relax even in the midst of the storm. See, there's something I believe. I believe that, that everyone, everyone in the world, every person ever born has a, has a, has a need to be known and to, be, and to know inside, to be known and, and to know. And, and I believe that, like, you know, when you look at the world now, the, the world is not like, uh, the, the, if I could say it this way, religion is not disappearing. People are always searching. They are searching over and over again. They're searching. And, and where there is no like religion, you, you will find that they actually, they, they go to horoscopes. They, they make up things. They try all kinds. Of, I mean, you talk to anybody. They, everyone has belief. Everyone has belief. I was, I was watching this, this uh, TED Talk. I love TED Talks. And actually, one of them was actually banned. The guy was so good. He was so good because, of course, he, he, he talked about how everyone had beliefs. And for some reason, 
it didn't fit into what they wanted to do. So they actually banned it. Now you're going to go look up Ted talk. That was banned. Trust me. It's really good because he started talking about issues that people don't want to talk about it because even scientists have beliefs. Everyone has beliefs. It's in, it's, it's, it's built in us. The Bible says that every person has been given a measure of faith. They've all been given a piece of faith. Now what you put that faith into your deal. But they're all, everyone's always has some kind of faith. And, and I believe that, 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 you know, that when we, when we find God, when we truly find God, it's like we get satisfied. That's what happened to me. When I found God, I was finally satisfied. I was finally, didn't feel like I was striving all the time or looking all the time. I kept looking at God. I kept looking at Jesus and learning more about him. But it's like, I finally found the water that I was looking for. And it felt great. And now it's just like, let's just keep drinking this, man, because this is like good stuff. You know? Hey, anybody here? Okay. Come on. This is Bali now, right? So anybody here um, uh, been to like a, 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 like a new restaurant lately over the last couple of months? A really good restaurant, a really new good restaurant. Anybody go visit one recently? You did. You did? Okay. I, you're a visitor today. Yeah. It's second time here. Welcome, welcome. So you just came to Bali, yeah? Yes. And so you've been going all around the different restaurants, yeah? And, and what restaurant did you visit? It was Ulu Cliff Tops. Ulu Cliff Tops. Ooh, yes, Cliff Tops. I know. I, actually, I, I, I played, did I play golf with him the other day? The owner, the other day I played golf with him. Yeah, he's actually, yeah, that's a really nice restaurant, isn't it? Amazing. Amazing restaurant. So you would tell everybody about that, yeah? The food was good, yeah? You ever notice that? Like when you find a, a new restaurant that you like, you know, you tell other people, right? You taste it. You ever notice that like when you go to a store, like a lot of times they don't want to show you the price at first of things. They want you to feel the product like the pants. They want you to touch it and feel it. They want you to kind of try it on. You know, they don't, they don't show you the price right away, right? Why? Because once you experience it, once you try it on, then you're probably willing to pay. See, when you experience something, right? When you experience something and it's good, then you normally tell people about it, right? I mean, Arnold just told me about he did something new last night and he, at his little shop and at his coffee shop. And he's like, yeah, how was it? It was good. We had a great time, blah, blah, blah. He's telling me all about it because why? It's natural. When you, when you experience something that you like, it's natural for you to tell someone, right? I, I, I need a volunteer. I'll get it. I'll get it. I got it. I like to jump around anyways. Okay. Oh, oh, I gotta. Okay, I need a volunteer. Someone who uh, is, is not a Westerner. Who's, no, he's, he's, he's like, like a Westerner. <laughs> I need a volunteer. Richard, thank you for volunteering. I appreciate you, Richard. Come on over here, Richard. Come on up here, Richard. Everybody give Richard a hand. Okay. Okay, Richard, how are you? Great. Good day? Yep. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, I want you to describe to everyone okay. what this is. Like, what's, what, what, this, I got some food here. Describe it to them, please. Okay. Go ahead. I can, I, I can't. You can't? Yeah. Why? Because I don't see it. You don't see it. 
Yeah, but now if I show it to you, right? You have an idea now, right? Yeah. You have an idea right now, yeah? But I can tell you, you've never had this before. You've never had this kind before because this kind is not sold in Indonesia. Mm. Oh, I know it's not. I know for a fact it's not because I've looked for it. It is my favorite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's not. I was in Malaysia and they happened to find some. And I was like, ooh, that's not, from, that's not Indonesia. I okay. want that. So I went and got it, right? So you could kind of describe it, but you still couldn't describe it because you really don't know what it is, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. So since you volunteered, I'll take a nice big piece and, and just throw it right in there and taste it, yeah? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take your time. Take your time. You like it? Mm -hmm. It's good, yeah? It's really good. Yep. Yeah. Would you like another piece? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you could describe it to them now, right? Yep. Okay, so describe it to them. It's so good. It's chocolate. Yeah. And they have like crunchy inside, like waffle or something. Yeah, yep. something inside. Yep. Yeah. So would you recommend it for your friends? <laughs> yes. Okay, you may sit down. I'm going to give you a whole barn when we, later, <laughs> later on. Yeah. For Von... Actually, I shouldn't give you a whole bar. You didn't really volunteer. I kind of chose you, but I'll still give you one. You know, it's impossible for you to tell someone about something you've never experienced. See, you have to witness to be a witness. You have to witness to be a witness. You can never tell someone about how God moves inside your heart unless God has moved inside your heart first. It's impossible for you to describe something that's never happened to you. This is why, like, for example, in, in like AA, you know, Alcohol Anonymous, right? AA, if, you're, if, you're, if you haven't been an alcoholic, you, you really, you can't be in that group because you have no idea. Now you have some idea because if you've had an addiction before, there are similarities, but if you've never been an alcoholic, you can't relate really well to another alcoholic. You can't understand the things that he's gone through because you've never been through it. You can't explain it. It's the same thing with God. You cannot understand God unless you've actually experienced God. But let me tell you, once you've experienced God, it's an exciting thing. I just talked to someone this morning. Uh, we, I, I saw them uh, two weeks ago. They were mentioning they needed prayer, and I felt really strongly that they needed some help. So I called them and said, can you tell me about what you needed prayer for? Because they never said what they needed prayer for. And they told me, and, and they're thinking of giving, you know, just quitting everything and just going and telling people about Jesus. And, you know, for me, you know, when I was... When I was uh, when I was growing up and I was in my 20s, I mean, I was in computers. I, honestly, as they say in America, I was making six figures a year. You know, I was making a lot of money. But, you know, when I found Jesus, I didn't care about any of that stuff. I don't, I don't preach to you. I don't do what I do here because it's a business for me. I want you to know that there is a great God out there who has changed my life. And when he works inside you, he will change you too. I want you to know that. That's why I do this. This is, I mean, it, it, just, it just overwhelms me. I can't stop telling people about what has happened inside. I've tasted. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
And so this morning here, if you haven't tasted, we try to open up opportunities for you to taste him. We, we give, we, that's, why we have, that's why we have that time of space of, of worship, so you can just connect with God. We want you to connect with God. He is here. He will connect with you. And if you ask him, he will come to you. The Bible says, if you go to him, he will come to you. And today I want to talk about a guy, uh, he has a title in the Bible, but actually I'm going to give him a different title uh, today. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to give him a different title is because the title they give him is what he does, not what he is. Okay? It's out of the book of John, the gospel of John. And, and we're going to stay in mostly in John today or this morning. And it's, it, I would call him John the Witness. In John chapter 1, it says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. You see, just do, do me a favor. Can you do me a favor? When you talk to a young person, whether they're like in their teens, you know, they're teenagers or, or they're just young or they're kids. Don't say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I know, already know what I want every child to be when they grow up. I want them to be an amazing person. I want them to be incredible. I, I, my prayer is that they become a Christian, that they become a follower of Jesus, that they become amazing. And every, every parent wants their kid to grow up to be good, to be uh, you know, healthy. What they do is a whole other matter. What they do is different than what they are. And, and John the Baptist, what he did was he baptized people, but what he was, was a witness. And that's what God is calling all of us to do. He's not calling us to, 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 to do the position of a pastor, but he's saying that he's calling all of us to actually be the kind of people that he wants us to be, no matter what you do. So you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a salesman, you can be a pastor, you can, you can, be any, you can do anything, but he wants you to be a child of the Most High God. Amen? So here's John the Baptist, and the reason why I call him John the Witness is if you look in chapter 1, throughout the whole chapter, over and over again, it says what, what uh, John was. It says, he says in verse 15, John testified about Jesus when he shouted to the crowds. In verse 19, he says, and then John's testimony, uh, then, then, then it was John's testimony. He testified to the leaders. And then later on, he says, he told them, he witnessed to them that I baptized, but there's one coming after me. And then in verse 29, he says, the next day, uh, John saw Jesus coming to him and he said, look, he, he, he pointed to, to Jesus and he testified that that was the son of God. And then in verse 32, it says, then John testified. See, John kept telling people over and over and over again who Jesus was. That's what God wants us to be. And just like it's natural when you go to a restaurant and you, you like that, you go and tell someone, you just naturally go and tell someone, it's natural for you to do it. 
when you experience God, it will be natural for you to tell them, to tell others, you know, what it was like. My friends here that they just got here and they're here for the second time. The first thing she said to me after she said hi, she said, wow, I really liked it last week. See, she already tasted something and that's why she came back. If she came here and didn't like it, which some people do, you know, they, they don't like it. Come on, I'll be honest, right? They don't come back. Right? If you don't like it, you don't, why would you go back to a restaurant you don't like? Right? But I'm here to tell you that if you taste and see that the Lord is good, you will come back every single time. When you hear, neither do I condemn thee. Neither do I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. When you hear, your sins are forgiven. When you hear, you are my son and my daughter. When you hear that in your heart, you're coming back every time. And you're going to go tell someone. And that's what John the Baptist did. Now, some of you might be standing here. I don't, for some reason, I feel like walking around today. And my heel is feeling better. Notice I didn't jump off the stage. Hurt my heel doing that. Um, some will say, well, I could never be like John the Baptist. I mean, it says about John the Baptist that all of Judea, the whole city came out to see John the Baptist. You say, there's no way I could be like John the Baptist. You say, there's no way I could be like him. Do you realize that John the Baptist never did one miracle? You almost think he did. You almost like in your mind, like John the Baptist, man, he was amazing. Matter of fact, Jesus said about John the Baptist, there's no one greater. Right? He said he was a great man. And yet he did no miracles. Now, some of you would not want to do or be or be like John the Baptist. I mean, he was definitely weird. I mean, he was really weird. I mean, the dude ate, you know, he, he, he ate locusts. He ate bugs, you know. I know some of you don't find that as weird. I know some of you like that. I find that as weird. I, you know, I'll, I'll try them. I know they cook them up and joke you. I want to go there and have one. But, um, you know... <laughs> But, you know, he ate locusts and honey. He dressed funny. He wore camel's hair. He had long hair and a beard. And he screamed a lot. Sounds, sounds like me. Wait a minute. <laughs> but you say, I could never be like him. Yes, you can. You can be just like him. Like I said, he didn't do any miracles. He just talked and pointed and showed and lived. Now, I want to just look at John the Baptist today, and I just want to look at kind of what he was like, who he was that caused him to be the kind of person that God, I believe, wants all of us to be, because this is come and see. And so my prayer for you, my prayer, my prayer has been for this series. My prayer for you is that you will go out and tell someone about Jesus like this week, like you will tell more than one this week about Jesus. Oh, I'm scared. You I really believe the reason why you might be scared is because you're depending on yourself and you're just not talking about what has happened to you. You know? Bryant, you guys don't know Brian. Brian's a good friend of mine. He's from Jakarta, but actually originally from Singapore. He and his wife has blessed us more than you could ever imagine. 
He's actually blessed this congregation more than you know. Um, you know, when did you come to Jesus? 2004. Changed your life, yeah? Tell me one thing about that happened to you that, you know, that made you start following. I'm putting him on the spot. And, and this dude's a speaker. I know he speaks because he shares, but now he's scared because this is, you know. Um, when I met my wife. When you met your wife. Woo! And that make you feel good, huh? He's just look. He's, he's not looking for a high five. He's looking for a kiss. Trust me. Well, it's easy for him to just tell an experience. He didn't give me any theology. He didn't give me any great point about God. He basically said, you know, what changed his life was when he met, you know, he met his wife, right, Jane. And, and Jane, I know, probably preached the gospel very strongly to him. I know, I know Jane really well. This is Jojo's uh, mom, if you didn't know. And, and so, um, you know, I'm sure that changed his life. But see, no theology. No, no theology for me. When I came to Jesus, they didn't explain anything. They just said, would you like to know about spiritual things? I'm like, sure. I love spiritual things. I'd like to know. All right. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Okay. Let me hear. That's all it was. So what did happen to John the Baptist? Let me just show you some things. First of all, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now he got lucky if I could say it that way, because he was filled before he was even born. The Bible says that, you know, that, it, that in Luke, it says that he would, he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says that when he, when, when he, the baby, met Jesus, the baby who was still in the womb, he jumped in the Holy Spirit. So this guy, you know, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh, man. Okay. Let me tell you a story. My friend, he was an athlete, strong athlete. I mean, Johnson, are you here today? I don't even know, but he's bigger than Johnson. I mean, a big dude. This dude was big, right? And he wanted to get on this certain team. And, and uh, it, to get on that team was very difficult. And if you got on that team, you were going to go somewhere, you know? And so he, you know, told the coach and everything, and they watched him play, and they said, okay, finally. And they brought him into a room, you know, and there was a, there was a, there was a room and, and they had this path like this, right? And then the, the coach said, okay, you stand here. And so the, my friend stood here and then they said, okay, you, you, uh, they, they brought the rest of the team all in front of him. And he said to the, he said to the guy, he said, if you want to be on this team, if you really want to be onto this team, he said, you got to make it to the other side of that room. And those guys are going to stop you. He got bruises that day, but he punched and kicked and fought. He would not stop. And he got to the other side of the room. He, he hurt some people and some people hurt him, but he refused. He refused to give up. And if you want the Holy Spirit, you can have him. You know, I mean, the disciples, I'm going too fast for the translators. I'm slowing down. The disciples fasted and prayed for 10 days to receive the Holy Spirit. They wanted the Holy Spirit. They wanted him. <laughs> they wanted the Holy Spirit and they were not going to stop. They didn't know it was going to be 10 days. If I told you in 10 days that you would receive something good, you could wait. But if I said, wait, you don't know how long. 
You know, and we, we, we provide environments for you to, to experience the Holy Spirit, to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we say, you know, come on forward for breakthrough, you know, and you come up and, and we pray for you and you don't get breakthrough. And you're like, oh, I don't get breakthrough. You want prayer. How hungry are you? How much do you want him? How long will you wait for him? How much do you just keep knocking on heaven's door? God, I want you. I don't care. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep pounding. I'm going to keep pounding. I'm going to keep pounding. Just like the widow who said, I want justice. And the evil judge said, she's going to drive me crazy. I'll give her what she wants. Are you driving crazy? Are you driving God crazy? I'm not talking about the ways we drive. I'm talking about wanting. (laughs) No, seriously. Because I tell you right now, I have had moments. I have gone three days to just straight prayer, three days, nonstop, saying, God, I want something. God, I want something. Every time I've done it, I get something. You want the Holy Spirit? Go after him. You know, we ask for prayer. We say, you want prayer for something? You know, please, you know, you want, want prayer and come forward. And, and you're like, you're, you're like um, I'm too like Malu to come forward. So you're going to let your fear oh, stop you from getting what you need. It's time that we go after it, right? It's time we go after him and say, I want you, God, all of you. I'm not going to let go until I get you. Just like Jacob said, I'm not going to let go of the angel until he gives me a blessing. Even after his hip was broken, he kept holding on. Do you want all of God? Do you want to taste and see that the Lord is good? Do you need to hear him say, well done? Do you need to hear him say, I forgive you? Well, then keep waiting. Keep pressing. Is it only me that is excited? Or can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. Show the next slide. The second thing that uh, John did, help me out. Show the next slide. Thank you. Oh, yeah. He followed. Very simple. Very simple. He followed. He just followed. That's all he did. He said, okay, God, you want me to do this? I do this. It's that simple. You know, I love, that's what you, you got to love that about Forrest Gump, that movie. Stupid is as stupid does. He just did it. He didn't think. Stop thinking. Just follow. Just trust and follow. Trust him. You're sitting there next to someone and God says, tell them about me. Just whisper something. I just saw a testimony from TLC, you know, Transforming Life Center. I I just saw a testimony. They just posted it this morning. I just saw it and I I loved it. What you don't know is that the, the, that person who got, just got delivered and changed, she was on the, on the, on the doorstep of divorce. You know, she came walking in here one day and she was just sitting there and I walked over and I said, how are you? And she said, what? Bike, bike, right? She said, good. And I stopped and I looked at her and I said, no, how are you? And then she starts crying and we stopped praying. And then I got, I got Jojo and Juliana to come over. And I said, you need to meet with her and to talk to her and help her. And then she tasted God. 
And then from there, they are now together. Their husband and uh, husband and wife, they're doing great, fantastic time. And she's been set free. Why? Because someone walked over to her and just simply started talking to her and caring about her. Follow. Follow the Lord's leading. Go after it. It's the most exciting thing you could ever do. It's the craziest thing you could ever do. Just do it. You know, I know these people, and, and actually, I, I, I've done one. I love it. They call them treasure hunts. They actually sit in prayer. They will sit in prayer together as a group, and they say, God, show us. Tell us. And someone sees, like, someone in a red shirt. And then another person sees a place, you know, a, a sign. And after, after a little while, they go, okay, you got something? Yeah, I got this, I got this, I got this. And then they go looking. And they actually go looking for a person with a red shirt in a certain place. And they find that person. And when they go, they tell them what, the, what God told them. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing how many times God actually speaks to that very person, changes their lives. Why? Because they're willing to follow. A shouting out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled and the mountains will be made level and the curves shall be straightened and the rough places made smooth. Then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. So his job, what he did was he made the mountains low. He filled in the valleys. He straightened the path. So if this is a person, he straightened the path. He made it easy for people to see God. That's not how we do it. You know, we meet someone, we say, listen, unless you like me, you can't see the Lord. You can't dress like that and go see God. You can't be like that and go see God. You must change first. And then, you know, and then you got to do this, this, and this. We build mountains. We'll talk more about that next week. We build mountains so people can't get to God, that they have to climb things to get there. They have to be like us to get there. They have to look like us to get there. If they don't worship like us, eh, you're out. They don't like, act like us, eh, you're out. That's foolishness. Our job is to clear the way. Make it simple for them to find God. Simple for them to find God. Not hard. I'll talk more about that next week. But John was always about clearing the way. Are you clearing the way for people? To see God? Or are you complicating it for them? And then I'll, 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 I'll finish with this thought. And then he, he served those who needed to be served. I know that sounds foolish. He helped those who needed help. Right? Okay, so if Jane. If Jane's at my house, right, and I serve Jane, you know, three bowls of nasi, right? I mean, I give her three bowls, right? Plus chicken, plus whatever, right? Do you need any more food after that? I need a pasta. Yeah, <laughs> she wants pasta. Okay, I give her the pasta too, right? You know, you know what's really funny about that? That's exactly what we do. God gives us everything, and then we say, we want more, God. We want more, God. All right, now I'm going to really say something that's going to get us in trouble, okay? Or get me in trouble. Okay, let's, let's imagine, okay, 
How many people, how many churches do you think we can start in, say, 400 years? 400 years, how many churches do you think we can start? Take a guess. How many? 400 years. Anybody want, how many believe that we can, we can start at least 50 churches in 400 years? Everybody's afraid to raise their hand. Come on. I mean, 400 years, we can't do 50 churches in 400 years. You know, okay, right? Easy, right? 50 churches, 400 years. That's, that gives us almost, almost, all right, let's say 40 churches. Okay. Make it easy. A hundred years to start 40 churches, 40 churches, a hundred years. Come on. Of course we can do that. Right? Okay. That's why nobody raises their hand. Cause they always know there's another question. How many here have been following Jesus for more than 10 years? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand, Keep your hand up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, 40, 50, 60, 60. Oh, easily, easily 50 people, right? Easily 50 people. Easily 50. 50 times 10. 500 years of Christianity in this room. More. I'll bet you this close to 1,000 years of following Jesus in this room. How many churches have we started? How many people have we led to Jesus? What are we doing? Pastors doesn't feed me. What? You've had 10 years of feeding. It's time to sow. It's time to reap. Amen. It's time to go tell someone about Jesus. All right. I'm gonna, they're telling me I'm supposed to close. It's saying, Donald, you're yelling long enough. I will tell one more story or one more thing. Okay. Anybody here have a, I've, I've shared this before. Anyone here have a 10 year old son around a 10 year old son? Anyone? Ah, okay. How you doing Keegan? What's your son name? Help me. Asher. I should know that Asher. Okay. So Asher. Okay. So let's say, let's say this week, right? About Tuesday, this Tuesday, you come home and Asha has that like grin. You know that smile that says they're probably doing something wrong or something mischievously, you know, mysterious. And you know that smile, right? You say, Asher, say, Asher, what are you doing? What are you doing, Asher? And Asher says, No, Daddy, Daddy, don't worry. I, I've got a surprise for you. I've got a surprise for you. I'm gonna show you on Saturday. I'm going to show you on Saturday. You're like, all right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sounds like trouble, but okay, we'll see what happens, you know. At the same time, say Wednesday, you get a phone call from your neighbor. Your neighbor's a really good friend of yours, and he loves to give gifts. And, and he says, hey, he says, Keegan, um, you know, this Saturday, I'm going to drop something off. I'll just put it in your backyard, and, 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 and I'll leave it there. And if it, by 2 o'clock you don't take it, you, know, you probably don't need it, you don't want it, I'll, I'll just, you know. I'll just take it from you. So Saturday morning you work and you get home around 1.45 or so, 10 of, you know, 10 of two you get home, you know, like, you know, 1.50. And all of a sudden, you know, Ash is just like jumping up and down, all excited that you're there. And he says, Daddy, Daddy, I want you to come outside. I, I got to show you something. And, and so you go outside in the backyard and, and, and all of a sudden Ash just runs straight over to the tree and he starts climbing the tree because he wants to show you how good of a tree climber he is. And he gets up, he's maybe 
five meters up. Ten-year-old kid gets five meters up. How you feeling? Getting a little nervous because he's getting a little high. Then he goes up another five meters. He goes up another five meters. He's like 15 meters up in the tree and he slips. Now he's hanging from the branch. And he's yelling, Daddy, help me. Daddy, help me. Now, that gift that your neighbor is on the other side of the yard. It's a bag. And you find out that in that bag, there's a million dollars. Okay? You have a choice. Save your son. Get the million dollars. Which one do you choose? Son. How about two million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have a chance. You don't have that. T- you don't have that opportunity. It's like one or the other. Son, two million, five million, ten million. Come on. We choose our son every single time. I don't care how much money I offer him. He takes his son over money every time. I know every person here would take their son over money any day of the week if they were crying for help. All right, now the next question. What about if it was your neighbor in the tree? What about if it was your neighbor in the tree and they were crying out for help and the money was your opportunity? What about if it was an enemy in the tree? You see, what's happening in the world is there are people crying for help all the time and we are chasing after other things. We care more about other things than we do about people who are broken and are in need. And the only reason why we choose our son is because they're our own. But Jesus said we need to love our enemies. We need to help them. Jesus said that when we, the Bible says that when we were yet enemies, Jesus gave up everything to die for us. This is what God is calling us to do. This is what God is calling us to go and to share and to tell someone about the good news. In John chapter 1, over and over again, you see people meeting Jesus. John the Baptist said to the disciples, go, there's Jesus. And Jesus said, come and see. And once they spent time with Jesus, then what did they do? They went and got their brother and said, come and see, check him out. We have found the Messiah. Another disciple goes and gets his brother. Come and see. You need to see the the woman at the well. After she meets with Jesus, she runs out and she tells the whole town and says, you need to come out and see the blind man knows nothing other than He's standing before the Pharisees and he says, you know what? I don't know what you're talking about. Once I was blind, but Jesus caused me to see. That's all I know. That's all Jesus is asking us to do. Go and tell someone. How many here came in a car to to this place this morning? Yeah. How many here... I'll I'll save you the grief. Let's do it this way. How many here came today on either a bike or a car and had an extra seat available 
like an empty seat, either behind them or in their car. How many had an empty seat? Yeah. Do you know why God gave you that seat? Because you need the seat. God never gives you something you don't need. He gave you that extra seat so you can grab someone and say, come and see. Let me show you. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to share with you, but I know a place where the Spirit of God falls. I know, a, I know, or, or take them to someone. It doesn't have to be just church or Sunday morning. It, it can be anywhere, but you need to go and tell them, come and see what I have tasted. This is my prayer for us during this series, is that we would go and tell someone about Jesus.